got a whole lot of loving just for you. I got all this loving, but I just want you. Hello, and welcome to Hella Radio. I'm Nora Rose. And I am Sally. And we need to talk about Destiel. Um, we are coming up on the end of season five here, so things are really ramping up. So, uh, Sally, if you're okay, I'll just uh, jump into the summaries. Please do. Okay. Um, in 99 Problems, we find a town that is in an area that is just crawling with demons. The people of this town all know everything about demons and even have a spiffy Enochian exorcism. They've gotten this from their prophet, Leah, the daughter of the local preacher. She tells them where demons are going to be and Dean and Sam join them on a hunt. There's a kid, Dylan, who's immediately taken with Sam and Dean's lifestyle and hangs out with them at the location of a former demon's nest while everyone else goes back to town. There's a demon hanging out under the Impala and kills Dylan. During Dylan's funeral, Leah gets a revelation that his parents will be able to be with him again in paradise, as long as they follow some new rules. This includes things like no premarital sex, no alcohol, so on. One of the locals, Paul, owns a bar and refuses to follow the rules. Dylan's parents try to run him out of town because as long as he's around, no one can go to paradise, apparently. Uh, Dylan's mom ends up shooting and killing Paul. Meanwhile, Cass has finally shown up and tells Sam and Dean Leah is not a prophet, but in fact, the whore of Babylon. (laughs) She must be killed using a branch from a cypress tree from Babylon by a true servant of heaven. They decide the preacher has to be the one to do this. He ends up not being able to do it because she looks like his daughter, And despite Dean still saying he's not going to say yes to Michael, Dean is able to kill the Whore of Babylon. Dean says he's just going out to the Impala to get fresh bandages before driving off and leaving Sam and Cass. And the episode ends with him dropping in on Lisa to say goodbye. Wow, yeah. (laughs) I have things to say about that, but we'll get to that. Um, Point of no return. Dean is packing things up to say yes to Michael, but Sam finds him and brings back up in the form of Cass. They put Dean in lockdown at Bobby's as they try to find another way to stop the apocalypse. Cass hears something big happening on Angel Radio and goes to figure out what's going on. Turns out the angels have resurrected Adam, Sam and Dean's half-brother, who we met in an episode we didn't discuss on this podcast. Adam tells them he's supposed to be Michael's vessel and calls bullshit on all their family and blood talk. Sam is suspicious about this new idea that Adam can be Michael's vessel when all we've done all season is talk about destiny and so on. 
Dean sneaks out and finds a sort of Jehovah's Witness type guy to bring the angels to him, but they're interrupted by Cass showing up and beating the holy hell out of him. Zachariah dreamwalks Adam, and Adam tips him off on where he is and disappears to the beautiful room from the end of season four. Then there, Zachariah tells him, actually, you're just bait. Dean, Sam, and Cass all go to rescue Adam. Cass blasts himself and four other angels to Oz, as Sam puts it. And Sam and Dean go to the room to save Adam. Zachariah shows up and attacks both Adam and Sam. And Dean says yes to Michael, just leave them alone. Zachariah starts to call Michael, but then Dean tells him he has conditions. One of them being Zachariah has to die. Then he stabs Zachariah in the face and it's so satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> Dean grabs Adam and Sam and helps Sam out of the room, but the door slams shut before he can get to Adam. All this while Michael is arriving. Yep. Yeah, this so, was a lot. I didn't remember that so many things happened in these two episodes. Oh my God. Right? Yeah. It's so much. Also, like all of my themes are ones that we have decided are just like themes for the show. Same. In general. I, 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 again, I still have like, I wrote down faith, but in this case, I, I mm -hmm. had like maybe blind faith. <laughs> uh -huh. because, yeah. Yeah. I had a oh. uh, belief and with that hope. And how those kind of go hand in hand with these two episodes. Yeah. Uh, I also have like illusion and devotion as like two separate kind of forces that work against each other or like pull yeah. it into yeah, different the two directions. Yep. Um I this one is another really obvious one, but it needs to be talked about family versus blood. Yeah, it's also yeah big big thing um, between Bobby and um, Dean. Oh, I still can't yeah, believe well, he said that. Yeah, well, and it's a big thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh my god. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's also a big thing in Ninety Nine Problems because, like, you've got you've got the preacher and his daughter. You've got uh, Dylan and his parents, and yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, and then and then the connection that uh, Dylan's parents have with Paul, like they they were best friends. He was in yeah. Paul yeah, was exactly. in their wedding. He said exactly. That's their Bobby. Yeah, <laughs> kinda. Yeah, yeah. And then the other big theme that I have is strength and bravery. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which, which... this, like, relates to Cass mostly. Except, I mean, in the next episode, at least. Not, um, maybe not in this one. I, uh, I... I relate it to uh, Dean and Bobby when it comes to them being suicidal. 
Oh yeah, that's also yeah, that's also a good point. Um yeah. Uh right, yeah, you're right. There yeah. was a nice speech, yeah, definitely. The one Bobby gave about with the with the bullet. Yeah, yeah. 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 For sure. Mm -hmm. I yeah, I wrote down like man, this mm. episode is heavy. Everyone's suicidal. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Some of them just prefer to drink themselves to death, I guess. Winking, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, like the the theme of promises is still coming up when, like, Bobby is telling Dean that that he has promised to be around, and then again, yeah. when Kath accuses Dean of, and I mean, it's not directly that, but like he gave up everything, and then Dean wants to you know like give himself up for heaven or to yeah. heaven yeah um yeah yeah and then and then uh going back to the uh family and blood yeah what you said about the the what he said to bobby you're not my father i i wrote down i'm a slap a bitch <laughs> i mean yeah same uh that was very mean. And I think, I think, I think Dean And he is... knew it was mean. He right? said it as a barb on purpose. He just, you know, like, he has decided to, like, I don't know, go and die or, like, become mm -hmm. the vessel of Michael. He just, like, this is him pushing people away. Like, that's what it is at its core, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. he's gonna make everybody hate him and so it's easier for them to let him go, I guess, in his head mm -hmm. at least. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Um. And, okay, this is uh, a combination of all of the things that I have uh, talked about, but the scene I want to talk more about it in depth after the break, but the scene where um Cass and Dean are bonding about deadbeat fathers and hangovers. Yeah. Every <laughs> single theme that we have mentioned right now is in it, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, this like um like I'm not gonna um this is gonna sound weird, but like, I mean, I did ship Destiel before this scene, but like, this scene is very important to me because I, I oh, feel yeah. like, I feel like before that, like, it wasn't only, you know, like them being, <laughs> for the lack of better, better word, them being horny or something, but like, this scene is like very important to me because you can see how much they actually relate to each other. Yeah. on like this very spiritual level because before this it's on like back and forth and them trying to pursue the other one to do the thing they want want them to do yeah so it, it it's kind of it, it doesn't go that deep i mean you know in general yeah. but yeah. this scene is like very i don't know it just yeah it, it made me very emotional when i saw it for the first time well and i wrote down at the beginning of this a uh, couple of episodes that like these suddenly since the last episode 
Dean has given up. And I would argue that the reason he's just completely given up is because Cass has given up. Isn't that interesting? It is so interesting because Dean has all, always claimed that he didn't like he didn't have any faith, right? Yeah, right. So, and then then we find out that like go 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 God is essentially like a hoax or something like he doesn't fucking care. So like so then you know like yeah, I think you're right. I think just like because I, probably, or I think that the way that the way that Dean's faith was mostly in Cass, so Cass mm-hmm. losing his faith means that Dean has also, like, by proxy, lost his faith at the same time. And to be fair, I would, you know, before Cass came along, I would say that he had some faith in his family and everything, but then John died and then Sam went down the demon blood path. So he's already lost his faith in his family. So all he has left is Cass and then Cass loses his faith. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 mm, it's also interesting when Cass tells him that good, good things do not, uh, that good things do happen. And he obviously like very vocally doesn't agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's like he's, you know, like self-preservation kind of talking there. I I still mm-hmm. think like deep down he hopes that Cass is right, and deep down he oh yeah yeah he believes that, but like he doesn't doesn't want to ha- get his hopes up because of what yeah. has happened to him throughout life. So, uh, and I think like that's like last straw, and that's. Cass not believing basically and that's why he loses his faith in the end and if you think about it they kind of deal with it in similar way I I mean they are both getting drunk right yes (laughs) and wasted so (laughs) yeah um yeah and it's very interesting in Cass's case because like why would an angel do that unless he has seen someone else deal with shit in that way you know and who is that someone? Obviously Dean. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, like, like genuinely the idea that... Because, yeah, people drink to feel numb. And the idea that an angel would do that because, you know, like, it's implicit that he feels stuff. If you need to numb something down, that means that you feel things. So, yeah. Yeah. And then, then Cass is when Cass asks him when they're outside, and Dean gives him painkillers, and Cass asks him, "How do you manage?" Like that line always does things to uh-huh. me because it's like it's yeah, yeah it just On like a good give, day you get to kill a whore. Yeah, it just gives you an insight of how much Cass is actually like on the inside, struggling with all these things. Well, even and not just on his side but okay despite the fact that he's lost faith in god at this point anyway in 99 problems he still has faith in dean he loses that faith in dean in point of no return yeah and he straight up says it to him but yeah i I like it (laughs) i I like that 
sometimes I like it makes me insane rewatching the earlier seasons and seeing how direct and how rude at times Cass is to be, <laughs> which I very much approve of. And when you like put that next to Cass's behavior in later seasons, when he just basically keeps quiet and is very accommodating, you know, like yes, <laughs> and yeah. keeps his feelings quiet. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, he doesn't have any anything that compares like that. No outburst that compares like that, except when in season fifteen, when he walks out on Dean and he says, "Yeah, no, I'm leaving because you don't see me." Well, and it's and that's not even an outburst. That's just him saying, "I'm I'm done with this." Yeah, they just yeah, they're just like on sadder side and not on the angrier side, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, shall we go to break? Yeah. Let's go to break. All right. Um, and we're back. <laughs> so um, I immediately knew that I was going to love the episode of 99 Problems when Michael Shanks showed up. Uh, he's Dylan's dad. Okay. Um, and he was my favorite character in the first television show that like got me into television stargate sg1 and i was just like oh, my beloved <laughs> uh it's always cool to see uh actors you have seen somewhere like in you know like unexpectedly Funnily enough there's actually one of his co-stars uh in stargate sg1 is like one of our most hated characters in Supernatural. Who? Naomi. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, Naomi is horrible, but her dress sense. <laughs> you know? And Amanda Tapping is a goddess. <laughs> yeah, she, she does a great job, have to admit it. And you know, she directs a couple of episodes too. Oh, she did. I, I had no yeah. idea. Cool. I think she directed. No, I'm not gonna make. I'm not gonna make any. I mean, when we claims. get there, we will mention it. When yeah, we I will we'll mention it because <laughs> because I know she's directed some Destiel moments. So <laughs> anyway, um... <laughs> um going along with our themes of hope and belief um and also strength i guess uh there's there's a point when when they uh in uh put when they put in all the rules and there's like a curfew and so on and all that um and sam's just sort of like the fuck is going on man um and dean's just sort of like i just don't care and he's like, you want to just stop fighting? Roll over? And yeah, the, I don't I don't know what to say about, uh, about that. It's just like... I think they just like dare to symbolize how much Dean has actually given up on everything. Because yeah. even like, like the rebel kid he is, he would be the one to, you know, like have a problem with something like that. But like at yeah. this point, oh, he doesn't yes. give a crap. Yeah. And I have I have like five things in here that I wrote down my beloved in response to. Um next one is drunk cast my beloved. 
Oh, I loved him. And like this entire, you know, I know that I like, I know the behind the scenes reason why, why Sam and Cass don't get many scenes together. But mm-hmm. whenever they do, like, I love it because yeah, they are but always I, so funny. This is probably my favorite one of those instances because Cass usually is like, you know, Okay, other than like the first time he met Sam, he when he was like, you know, the you're the boy with the demon blood. Um, <laughs> um, but every time after that, he's just he's kind of like, you know, just like buddies with Sam. But this yeah. time, he's just I find the sound of your voice grating. <laughs> right. And then obviously he goes on saying that Sam is obviously an abomination, which is like one of my favorite lines ever spoken on the show. My favorite part, this is like, like the greatest acting moment from Jared is, is, is Sam's look on his face when Cass says that he's just like, okay, well that. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you know, like he can't really argue that because he kind of is. But yeah, I feel like in these seas, Cass uh, re- starts to resemble being like a couple of millennia old the way he uh-huh. behaves, you know? Like it's, it's Where the hell have you that. been? On a bender. Did he just say on a bender? Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good fun oh man and then and then and then i just continuing continuing you breed with the mouth of a goat <laughs> it's funnier in enochian yeah oh man and then to completely flip the vibe when they bring in the preacher and explain to him what's going on and they, you know, explain they need a true servant of heaven and everything. And he kind of looks at Cass and he's like, what? you're an angel. Mm-hmm. And Cass says, poor example of one. Yeah. Oh, it's still, it's so interesting. And no, no, I mean, I, I, get how why he would say it but like at the same time like why you know like i don't think like cast thinks that at that that point that heaven stands for good like he has obviously like changed his mind right and has seen yeah. heaven and angels and god uh for, for what they really are so i just don't know but, why he would be that much upset. I think upset so much. Want, yeah, you want to know what I think? I think that he still believes in the ideals of heaven, and I think he believes that at one point heaven and angels were the ideal, yeah. and he is disappointed that they are no longer. Which is why later on god yells god yeah um but at the same time i think like he 
he everything he has heard about God was he was told. So somebody else was the one who was like you know immediately talking to God or like in connection yeah. with God. And uh, I think like that means he doesn't really have any closure in that regard. So so you know like nothing is final. Like he's probably confused because he I mean why why did God ab- abandon them? Like there is no definite answer to that. I mean he doesn't yeah. have it at that yeah. point so i i could still like see how he someone who has learned like human behavior for dean could also blame himself for that in a way you know yeah <laughs> you know yeah. what i'm getting at yeah um so going back to that scene outside of the impala there are a couple of things i want to point out about it is uh he's sitting on a bench again yeah um and we're right in the shot are two areas that are like central to they are like the settings of supernatural is a motel room and the impala yeah and and it's just it's like this it's sort of like this comfort blanket yeah in a way and and they're both trying to be that for each other as well Mm -hmm. despite the fact that they're both in these very shitty situations and have both given up hope they're still trying to for lack of a better term love each other yeah and i think it's very telling how dean uses his you know like humor at the end like this is the thing he does you know just to yeah up the mood uh i actually love the no vacancy sign that like (laughs) and um yeah i don't know if how much of that is real I, I could or would relate to Destiel, but I always kind of related to the Dean Michael dynamic and mm. the, I mean, the topic of him being the vessel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, you know, kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I, I don't expect a real answer out of this, um, but uh, when they attack uh the whore of babylon um and she starts saying like something in enochian um it reminds me of way back in season four when uh alistair tried to exercise uh cass um but after they leave the room he's still curled up on the ground yeah and i want to know why like what did she do what did she say is it just because he's so far removed from heaven right now that it like hurts more or something that seems lame i don't know but one explanation explanation i could have I, uh-huh. I, I don't know how these things work. I don't believe the writers know how these things work. But like, <laughs> I would imagine that if you're an angel and if you if you were to like lose your faith in God, like that should somehow 
affects your abilities as an angel. Because, uh-huh. like, if your power comes from God, you know, like... Yeah, yeah. I guess this is, like, the entire this Samson's hair yeah. <laughs> theory yeah. thing, you know, like... Yeah. Mm, could be, but Which, I don't... Th- yeah. For the record, that Regina Spector song is a very Destiel song. Yes. All I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> um... I want to know, where do you think the turning point is for Dean? Why and when did he change his mind about saying yes to Michael? That is a good question that I don't have an answer for right now. What What is your, your opinion? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like... It happened somewhere after the conversation outside with Cass. Um, and that it was like, that it's like his decision in point of no return, uh, that it just kind of happens in the moment, but I don't understand why is the thing. I think I actually have a, a, an answer. I, I think I zoned out okay. for a bit, but I, because I was thinking about this scene when, 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 um, when the horde of Babylon and Dean are talking, mm-hmm. and Dean is like, "It would, it, it sounds nice to be the chosen one," and mm-hmm. the lady is like, "Hello, you are the chosen one too," <laughs> you know. I think, like, I think maybe in that moment like he realized that even though like he didn't want it like that's like there is a power to that you know like that's something yeah. that can affect stuff so i i i i can take that but i think that that was just if i could take it a bit further um mm-hmm. i think that was just the seed and yeah. that he didn't actually make the decision until in the moment when he was scrappling with her yeah obviously like i i I agree with that because if he had uh, already decided that they probably would have called the uh what was her father the priest right but i i think dean would have like made it so that that the the branch of the tree or whatever it was would have a- ended up being in his hands and not in the priest's hand because he would yeah. have calculated all of that because obviously he it's easier for him to kill her than the father but yeah i, I also agree with that so i i think there was in like spring a moment and i i, I don't know if I, I think he isn't sure that it will work until he sees it work yeah right yeah I agree. Um, okay, and then this is this this ending scene in Ninety Nine Problems, right? <laughs> is like second only to him saying Jack's not family when it comes to (laughs) biggest dick moves okay like and listen i have so many thoughts about this but like (laughs) i do understand like from the like 
TV show maker point of view that they oh, had to obviously. bring them. I mean, they had to bring them up so later Dean would, after what whatever happens with Sam, like yeah. he could yeah. have end up with her. You know, like they needed something. I mean, it's still weird that you go go to somebody you had like one night stand with like ages ago. But still, yeah, okay. Yes, yeah, they are building this. I I get it, but like specifically after the heart to heart discussion he and Cass had in. I mean, in front of that motel and uh-huh. like the connection that that scene shows like openly between those people, like they get each other and then have Dean go to whoever this woman is. Yeah. I'm joking, Lisa. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. And like, be <laughs> like, whenever I imagine myself happy, it's with you. Like, who buys this crap, you know? Well, and who says that to someone you haven't seen in years? Right. What the fuck, man? I just, okay, like, you know those posts that go around about, like, you know, anti-Dean criticals and, like, you know, a, you know, I'm one of those people, like, yes, who, like, uh, Dean did nothing wrong. He asked permission for everything, and I said yes. Um, <laughs> I reblog all of those posts. But in actuality, there are a couple of things that I'm like, Dean fucking Winchester, what are you fucking doing? I'm just, I'm just thinking. Uh, I would have loved if we had gotten a scene where somehow Charlie learns about this. You know, like she would have roasted Dean so hard, and I would have enjoyed every second of that. <laughs> But I think she does know about it because because seasons four and five were he Chuck wrote them and they were like secretly published or something like that because she says something about having read about the apocalypse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I so she does know it. about it. We just I, didn't get the scene where because the I'm, writers completely forgot about it. I guarantee you. I'm sure he got a lot of crap for that. And good. Oh yeah. For me personally. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yes. No. Seriously. The what Lisa says. You can't just drop a bombshell like that and then leave. Yeah, I'm I with mean, Lisa on this. I mean, I agree. Like, if he wanted to guarantee this, that that Lisa and Ben would be safe after everything, he should, ha- he could have done that. Like, without telling them that, without yeah. involving, he could have left like a letter behind or whatever. You yeah. know, like there's so many ways to get that done without, you know, like they're just not done anything and had the angels protect them from a distance. Anyways, it was. I mean. <laughs> The council has decided that this was a dumb decision, okay? It was a fucking stupid decision! Oh my god! Yeah. Anyway, point of no return? <laughs> Let's get into it. What angel do you think is talking to Zachariah in the beginning? This is so interesting because... <laughs> I do not know, but at the same time, I think I have no, uh, written down something about it, but like, mm, no, maybe I haven't. But he says <laughs> something about, 
I mean, he mentions the word boss, I think, at some yep. point. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I kind of related it to directly to God. I don't know why. Maybe it's somebody just above him. Uh, I would think. I know why. Raphael or Michael. I know why, because at the end, when they, they are already in, the, in that room, they call the beautiful room, uh, uh, when uh, Zechariah has this entire speech that it's, it's, it's ending just the way boss told him it would end. And yeah. that just made me think that, uh, just like, you know, like, Chuck is the one writing the story That's and true. manipulating everything. So maybe the person who told him what's what was going to happen was chuck slash god you know yeah 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 that's i can that's buy how that I, uh, how i ended up with that theory i guess um did you notice that one of the things that dean was packing up was john's coat yes and i was like what is with this guy and being sentimental over coats right well, and why does he like yes okay we'll get to that in season seven but um <laughs> but uh the john's coat like we talked a little bit about it with um brooke but like he stopped wearing it at some point i think he stopped wearing it after he was resurrected um, and apparently he's been carrying it around with him, just not wearing it. Why did he stop wearing it? I think Brooke said I something about that. It had that she connected it to calves, but <laughs> it's very interesting because, uh, it's also like the first time I remember seeing it this season is when, when, when he's knocking at Lisa's door, right? Yeah. And in that shot is, it just like, you know? Oh, and yeah, yeah I don't want to go and like say things that probably weren't it. I mean, deliberately put there. But yeah, I think every time Dean is kind of trying to be the better man or be someone his dad would want him to be, la la la, you mm. know, like that code kind of makes an appearance, I guess. Okay. Um, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Cass helped Adam out of his grave, right? Oh, it's so funny, but like there is—I don't know. Whenever I think about it, it's just so funny to me. And it's just like I—I <laughs> I, I, just—I remember that post. That's like that's like uh, Cass, you know, is gonna resurrect Dean, and he resurrects him. And he's just going to put him in his grave for a little while while he goes and spiffs himself up. And says, Cass, <laughs> you're a man. <laughs> oh, I fell asleep. Cass, you're a man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe like crawling out of grave builds character. <laughs> One of those those toxic masculinity things they teach at Angel Academy. I don't know. There is no oh, explanation man. for that. Uh, yeah, it's funny. Also, like, okay, obviously Adam got shafted, but I think Jake Abel got shafted too because, oh my God, as we've 
like recently been discovering Jake Abel is a fucking gift to humanity. <laughs> yeah. And can you imagine if we had gotten more Adam and Jake Abel, even if it was Jake Abel as Michael, I, I just, I want, like, I even wrote down here, I wish Adam had gotten to know Sam and Dean better. Not only because they're brothers, but because I think Dean and Adam would have gotten along famously. Right? Even, like, in, in that beautiful room when, when he's eating burgers and drinking the same beer Dean oh, yeah. always drinks. And even Zachariah uh, comments on that, how they share the same the refined palate. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I I love Zachary. He's such a bitch, you know? He's so <laughs> terrible. Oh man. He's one of those I uh as I was watching the episode today, um, my roommate walked out right when uh Zach was getting stabbed and I told her that this was she has seen like two episodes of Supernatural. <laughs> and I told her that this was like one of the most satisfying deaths ever because as i as i wrote down i don't know if you remember this but in it's a terrible life which is zachariah's first episode when dean realizes that zachariah is an angel and is trying to manipulate him and everything mm -hmm. he says something about i will stab you in your face oh i didn't remember that that's amazing <laughs> he literally says that and then he actually stabs him in his face. <laughs> yeah, I think this was actually the first episode that I, that, I, that I noticed, or maybe they did it for the first time, that unless you stab an angel, like, in heart or in chest or in head, I noticed they that do too. not die. Yeah, I die. noticed that too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I so I was explaining that to my roommate, and my roommate was like, sort of like, you know, a really satisfying death in Game of Thrones. And I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think uh, this watching this episode for the first time in the opening scene where he's drinking when the blood yes. is getting blown. I was like, "Oh my god, the the gif or gif I have yes. been seeing for a decade is from this episode." <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah. that is one of those gifs that they use all the time. Um, okay, so yeah, uh, I definitely, I mentioned this earlier when we were talking about the other episode, but um, I wrote down here, Cass didn't give up on Dean immediately. He, he even, he, he gave up on God, but not Dean. And then when Dean starts to go down this path of following, of saying yes to Michael, he starts to say things like maybe they wrongly assumed Dean would be brave enough to withstand them. Um, he is literally playing the same game Dean played with him in the same yes. fucking beautiful room, right? They, he's trying yes. to persuade him and just like, you know, calling him all these terrible things that would be terrible in his head i guess not in general but like yeah how he's like not brave and not doing what you know yeah what he's supposed to do blah blah and then i find it so interesting that adam has this inverse of bobby's line in earlier seasons of family don't end with blood um of 
we may be blood, but we are not family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was right. The way he... Tr- they yeah. Tr- <laughs> he is right to say that. Though, to be fair, his description of what John was like and what his childhood was like, same fucking thing that Sam and Dean went through. Yeah, I think just like for for Adam, it's easier to see John as a better person because he got like uh, smaller chunks of him than Sam yeah. and Dean did, you know? So like, yeah, when you total that, then yeah, he's not that bad, I guess. All right, are you ready for the line? Okay, hit me. (laughs) And I'm going to emphasize the part that really just makes me want to tear my hair out. It's not actually emphasized in the show, for the record. Cass. Not for nothing! But the last person who looked at me like that, I got laid. It's like, I feel like a wee music is playing in my head right now. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. I, I do not see a, I do not see a purpose of that line from like writer's point of view. I do not see how that like brings plot forward or what it comments on or what it, you know, like there is no point other than unless, as they say. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. Yes, and then and then to take it a step further, jacking Joyce's, he winks at him. Yeah. And that's like I feel like that playfulness could be like literally a parallel to how he behaves with uh Anna when they think they're gonna die. And how he behaves with uh, what's her name? Joe. Oh, yeah. With Joe, right? I mean, it's the yep. same thing. Yep. And at the, at the at this point, we already know that he has reserved himself, that he's gonna let Michael possess him. So it is like, for him, it's the end. Yep. Um, yeah. Okay, and then are you ready for some more lines? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I rebelled for this. So that you could surrender to them? I gave everything for you. And this is what you give to me? And then Dean looks at his, at Cass's fist. And he says, do it. Just do it. And then slowly, Cass's fist uncurls. And he touches him with two fingers. And he's unconscious. But you know what I love? That he doesn't kill him. Yes, right? That is, yeah, I was like, do not, do not dare to do that. You know, like, he doesn't, this piece of shit doesn't deserve that. Dom energy? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's all. Misha, if you are <laughs> listening to our podcast, you're gonna love this episode. <laughs> we all know how Misha feels about that, so uh, he has made it known on multiple times. I just wish he would, would stop making it known like every fucking day. <laughs> you know what I want? I want I want I want Jackal's opinion on this. 
I mean, November five is close. <laughs> you know, the the con is close. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I think like when Cass actually doesn't hit him. I mean, first of all, this entire scene is literally a parallel to that scene in Goodbye Stranger. Mm-hmm. You know, like the way mm-hmm. it's framed and everything. Yeah. And um, uh, I I think that just like Dean saying, "Go ahead, do it." Or whatever the actual line is i think in that moment Cass understands that dean like genuinely wants to you know like die yeah he, yeah you know? at this point dean's gone farther than saying yes to michael he wants death yeah and that's probably not probably like i'm i'm sure that's why he does just like stops that abruptly yeah and um yeah but yeah but also, like, he's so right to beat his ass. Uh, and also, like, when when Sam asks what happened to Dean, and then Dean is like, "Yeah, don't make nerdy angels angry." <laughs> I just, I just love that he includes like nerdy. He still doesn't put Cass in the same box he would put like other angels, like any still other angel. Yeah, special snowflake, <laughs> yeah. beautiful. The pretty boy angel, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and um, the last thing I want to say is there are a couple of moments in both of these episodes where we get parental Dean. Yeah. And I think those moments are central to... I I just I'm so glad that in later seasons we got characters like the Wayward Daughters and Jack and uh there was one other girl um I don't remember her name um but they I just I'm so glad that they started including like teenagers and stuff in their interactions because for the first few seasons we have so many things where we're like okay so dean's a parent yeah i'm gonna think, do anything with that <laughs> yeah i think at the same time it very it helps a lot uh, it helps dean and sam a lot uh, to like process their teenage feelings when mm-hmm. intera- you know like it's good for them it's not only yeah. like being a parent but also it like it makes them reevaluate their feelings the feelings they have had since they were kids i guess um another thing i noticed that um in 99 problems uh when what was the kid's name dave dylan dylan right the it it kind i feel like it kind of builds up like in that particular like five second long scene he does act like their third brother and then the yes. next episode, Adam Adam is yes. brought back. So yes. kind of, you know, flows into the next episode. In, in, oh, for um, sure. Yeah, I guess. All right. Do you have any other notes about these episodes? Do I have any other notes about this episode? I do <laughs> like Let me check it. Um... Oh, yeah, I own this, this small thing. Nothing important, you know? Nothing of import to quote Cass. Right, uh, when right. Cass take, takes off his tie, like... <laughs> I don't yeah. know how much money Jensen Eccles already oh, <laughs> owes yeah. me, but yeah. 
And he and he looks him up and down and yes, yes. And then of course the uh wake up father of two, it's time to shave your test chest, it's fan service time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah. Yep. Not that he was a father of two at the time, he was a father of one. Maybe. I mean, anyway, he is dead shaped in any. You know what I'm talking time. about. You get <laughs> yeah. my point. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. All right. Continuing to ramp up. Next episode, we are talking about 520 and 521, The Devil You Know, and Two Minutes to Midnight, which these episodes include. The best character introduction of all fucking time. Is this is the god uh, the death introduction? Yes. Yeah, the midnight it's the one, right? Best. Yeah. It's I the it. best introduction. Oh my god. Anyway, yeah. we'll talk about that. Um, and then after that, we're doing a single episode for Swan Song. And then we'll be done with season five, and we are planning on doing a special episode after that, summarizing the Desiel in the yeah. Kripke era. Yes. So um, we would love, guys, if you have like questions or comments that you want discussed in when it comes to the Kripke era of Destiel, if you could, you know message us on twitter tumblr instagram um you have our handle on all of those or if and... you have if there is something specific to Kripke that you think like it's different in in Kripke, uh in specific to destl that's different in Kripke era and uh changes later on and it's something yeah. you love or something you hate just something you want to point out he does yeah out yeah we really want to try to get more uh listener involvement so uh please uh talk to us we'd love to hear your <laughs> opinions um and uh yeah and it'll be great thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next week thank you for listening to hella radio i'm nora rose and i am sally you can find us on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram at Hello Radio. Theme music was provided by Kalua. Sound editing by Josh. Give them hell, Hellers. Let me cry.